570. An L.A. sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney, Rodney Pete. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. And we continue on. Second hour, Rob Parker is in for Fred Rogan. Um, I do want to jump back into the Dodgers as they get ready for a three-game series against the Angels. And let's bring on our man. Let's bring on our man, Rob. Let's bring on the man who sat in that big chair, our man Ned Coletti. Ned, you're on with Rodney and Rob, man. How you doing? What's up, Ned? Hey, good to be with you guys. All good. good. To be with. All good, Ned. Um, all right. The Scherzer experiment for night against the Astros was fantastic. Uh, I, I, I love the fact that the, he was in the moment, pumped up, did what the Dodger fans wanted him to do. What amazed me, Ned, was that he said that was the first time he ever got a curtain call. Yeah, that that is uh, that was a little bit surprising. Certainly the first time in L.A., we know that for sure. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a great night in a lot of ways. Uh, very impressive. And you know what? i got to tell you, I've been watching his pitch his whole career. It was great to see him pitching with you and not against you. No doubt. He's one of the best. I watched him uh, almost all of his starts in Detroit for a long time. He's, he's as good as it gets. What did, Ned, what did you make of the Dodgers' reaction to the Astros only from the standpoint of, a, the Dodger fans finally got that championship after a 30-year-plus drought, okay, so they win a championship, but yet the venom is still there. I know it was their first opportunity to really let the Astros have it, but what did you make of the atmosphere and what was going on in the stands? Well, I've been going to games for, I hate to tell you how long, for a very, very long time, and I've been working in the industry for 40 years. I don't think I've ever been to a, to a pair of regular season games and you could make it one each or, or a pair right. that had um, that type of atmosphere to it. I mean, people were excited. You got two good teams playing, but you also got, you got the leftover emotion of 2017 and the findings that came later. Um, I think that um, for the most part, I thought people were, were well-behaved. Uh, a little bit here and there, I guess, a little skirmish here and there and different right. things, but... I thought they were respectful, you know, and it's, and it's their right to boo and let people hear it and let people know the, the disappointment that, uh, that they had, not only in, in the outcome, but in, in the way the outcome was achieved, you know. So uh, I thought it was a very, uh, very passionate, emotional couple of days. I thought the Dodgers in, in game one kind of learned, hey, you know what, you get an opportunity against some good pitching, you better execute, you know, which is really in October. Mantra as much as anything. McCullers was great. They left 10 runners on. We're 0 for 8 with runners in scoring positions. So in a 3 to nothing game, that was 1 to nothing for most of it. I mean, you had opportunities to tie it, like we saw the next night with Mookie Betts three pitches in from a 1 to nothing deficit to a 1-1 tie. Will Smith three-run homer, 4-1 to lead in a couple of minutes. You know, they had some opportunities like that on Tuesday night, but McCullers made great pitches. So I think they probably learned a little bit from it. I, I think that, you know, I love seeing good teams come in to play the Dodgers or the Dodgers going to play good teams. Team is built for October. You, you're only going to see good teams in the month of October. So the more competition you've got at that level, 
I think the more you learn about yourself, the more you learn about your team, and the more you, you know what you got to be able to do. Yeah, it turns into real gold instead of fool's gold if you're going, going good yep. or going bad. You figure out where you, where you measure up. Hey, Ned, this is the perfect uh, time to ask you this because you sat in the chair. Um, you know, last off, two off-seasons ago, they get Mookie Betts. They bring him in there. Uh, this past off-season, they get Trevor Bauer. They bring him in there. He has the off-the-field situations before the trade deadline this year. You get Scherzer and Trey Turner. As a guy that sat in the chair, and Rob and I had a big debate early in the show yes. about about the Dodgers now, and he wrote an article about the Dodgers are the evil empire that have taken over the Yankees. And I'm like, hey, if a guy's out there and you can go get him, he can help your ball club, you got to go do that. That's not the fault of the Dodgers. That's the fault of everybody else that's not in, sitting in the Dodgers' seat. They shouldn't be called the evil empire just because they're doing business. And then all I'm saying is the Dodgers now spend money big time. They, they want somebody. They go get them. They don't care about the luxury tax. Apparently, uh, the Yankees are afraid of the luxury tax. The Dodgers' payroll is almost $100 million more than the Yankees. I don't believe I would have thought that five or ten years ago. Have the Dodgers changed the way that they do business? Oh, well, no doubt. <laughs> Ned knows, that, right? more. Ned Ned knows that more than anybody, Ned Rob. Ned knows. Under, uh, under different dynamics. Ned, Ned, Ned had to deal with dimes and nickels, Rob. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, well, no, no doubt. I mean, you know, and I, I've seen both. I've seen both, and I've seen, you know, many more of my, my other stops during my career in Chicago and, and up north. The um, I think it really shows the commitment to winning, and I realized it right away um, with Mark Walter and Stan Caston and and, uh, and their group, Magic. You know, they um, winning is important, and uh, and they are not afraid to to spend what you believe it'll take. Uh, my my first year with them in 2012, you know, we made the big Red Sox deal, and uh, we had, we had, you know, not only acquired four players, but picked up you know 200 plus million dollars in salary, and I. You know, I had just come from a different uh, era, so to speak, and I can remember telling Mark Walter and that, uh, you know, I think I can I can get some of this, you know, this taken care of. And he said, "Don't ruin the deal. Just let's go. We'll we'll figure it out. Uh, if you like these players, you know, you like Adrian Gonzalez, you know, let's get after it." And you know that that to, as a general man, I mean, it uh, candidly, I mean, it, it it stopped me in my tracks for a minute because I wasn't accustomed to hearing that. Right. You know? But he's all about winning. The, the whole group is all about winning. And if Andrew Friedman thinks there's a deal out there that can help this team get to the, the goal of winning another World Series, obviously if that opportunity presents itself, they're in. Hey, hey Ned, um, you know, they've, they've got an interest, interesting dynamic. Obviously, Scherzer, everybody's excited about him. But I think equally excited is people should be about Trey Turner. What this guy can do is an all-star, 300 hitter, uh, can play multiple positions. As a guy, as a GM, Ned, when you look at where you are and you've got Corey Seager on, you know, contract coming up, what are you going to do with him? And now you've got Trey Turner sitting there with you. Do you feel a little bit better about your future and how you go about that negotiations with uh, with Seager because you know you've got a guy that can step in? No doubt. And uh, and I love you know Corey is one of my you know you're not supposed to have favorites I guess but he's one of my favorites having drafted him and, and watched his whole career, uh, you know yeah, most teams struggle to find good players, and most teams debate okay what are we going to do here you know we've got somebody who we like a little bit and somebody who we don't know if they can really handle it you know what are we going to do you know how are we going to fill out a team 
you know, they don't have to do that. They're, they're looking at, at two of the better players at that position in the game. And one guy brings, has brought and, and can bring versatility defensively. And also, Corey can maybe become more, uh, more versatile defensively. And also, don't forget this going forward. You have a new CBA coming up. New rules for a lot of different things, no doubt, will be discussed and some implemented. But there's a good chance the National League is going to have a DH. You know, we had it last year. There's no, there's no saying that it won't be back next year. So if you think about it in that vein, suddenly now you've got, you're, you're like way ahead of the game with the acquisition of Turner. Not only to your point, which is a good point, that it does change your leverage some and gives you protection and a bit of a safety net, but it also, if you have a DH, suddenly now your, your versatility to your club and your, how you, formulate an av- a batting av- a batting order as, as Doc does every day, you know, it, it becomes that much greater. And I think the DH in the National League's got a strong possibility. And I think if it does, suddenly now, you know, you, you'll wish you had a few more guys that were like Trey Turner and Corey Seager coupled together. Hey, hey Ned, I want to ask, we got about a minute or so, minute. Uh, I want to ask you about J.R. Richard, who passed the uh, Houston Astros uh, former yeah. pitcher, who uh, died at 71 years old, six foot eight, unbelievable wild delivery, threw 100 miles an hour, had a crazy breaking ball. Just for the you know people who didn't see him pitch like we did, tell people about J.R. Richard and how dominant he was for a stretch in baseball. Oh, no doubt, and I and I saw the news yesterday, and uh, you know it made me it saddened me for a lot of reasons. Uh, somebody who, uh, as you described, I mean had had great height to him and size and really uh, some incredibly uh, great, great stuff, great pitches, ability to, to dominate a situation. His presence was somewhat dominating, a little bit like Randy Johnson, Randy mm-hmm. from the left yeah. side, JR from the right side. When you've got that much, much height and you're coming down that mound and you can throw 100 miles an hour and you've got a breaking ball that's 15 miles an hour slower, yeah. That is so difficult to handle. A lot of the guys I grew up watching, who I who I got to know later when I started to work in the game, uh, when I say you know who was the toughest guys you ever faced, it they say certainly Sandy and and, and Don Drysdale and guys like that, especially Don with the the windup that came from the third base side. But they also mentioned Jr. Jr. is one of the toughest at bats that they'd ever encountered, and and never ever a comfortable at bat. Yeah, love it, Ned. Yep. Thanks for joining us, Ned. Always, always good stuff. Yes, my man. thanks for your insight too. For people who never saw him pitch, man, go, go, uh, they should uh, they uh, missed, go to YouTube missed, and look at it. Yeah. Yes, thanks, yeah, Ned. They missed a great one. All right, guys, be well. Great weekend. All right, we're gonna keep it up. A little baseball, uh, Dodgers Angels this weekend. You got the current best player in baseball, almost guaranteed MVP. Wait a minute, Does anybody Tatis care? is playing? Does anybody oh, care? We'll talk about that next. Oh, yeah. Rodney Pete and my man Rob Parker hanging out. Hanging out on a Friday. Chopping it up. Uh, tonight starts a uh, series with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. And for the Angels, Rob Parker, uh, they're hovering around 500. 
uh, I think a game or I think above 500. But um, they've got the, the 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 MVP right now locked down, hands down. If he doesn't get injured, and Otani, he's having an outstanding year, unbelievable year. He really um, is on both sides of it, pitching and hitting 37 home runs already. Um, and you know, Mike Trout has been injured for for the season. You know, we saw that. Anthony Rendon is out for the season with an injury. Um, when you when you look at the Angels, Rob, and and you now you spend more time in L.A. Yep. What's your take on on the Angels and their footprint and how they? I mean, here they they they've got they've had Trout for years. They've got Otani now, who's a sensation, but yet they don't get much traction, but especially in L.A. Well. Mostly because, A, you got to be able to win. They've had an unbelievable – I mean, they went and got Rendon, right, from the Nationals. Mm-hmm. He's hurt. They Otani was hurt the first couple of years he was here, like, right, yeah. hit and miss. Trout gets hurt. But the bottom line is it's about pitching. And if you don't have the pitching, Rodney, you're not going to be able to compete. And what happens is you can't get excited about them despite the lineup, despite – you know, the Big A is a cool place to go watch a game. It's not Dodger Stadium, but it's a cool place to watch a game. I've gone down there. Um, but the season usually starts, and they're out of it. Or You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like right through. away. Yeah. yeah, like right away, and it's hard to get any kind of traction or feel good. Now, they're at 500. I give them credit because they've been through a lot of injuries or whatever just to be – because I thought they were going to be buried and be worse than this. You know, yeah. the way things got off to a, the start – and then again, not having Trout for most of the year, but um, you know they went and got Madden. Uh, you know it was like that was a big time move. You know they've made some moves. They spend money, but they just haven't but been here, able to get the pitch. Here's the thing: when you and it, that triggered something that I I thought about that yep. was in the news not a few weeks ago, um, because when you, we we talk a lot about the Dodgers, Dodgers obviously they're they're we're the home of the Dodgers, so. We're very sure. in, entrenched in that. And we know what we know about the Dodgers, first of all, it's a great organization, well run organization. And and as you like to admit, Rob, they've they've got deep pockets that they can big do what, what they want to do, which is a reality. But not only that, they spend money at the big league level. They spend money in the farm system. And their farm system is second to none. Their philosophy is to develop their guys as best they can, bring them through the system. They always have prospects that everybody else wants. And and that's how they've been built. They obviously yes, they do add free agents here and there, but a lot of guys come through their system. When you hear stories like we heard, and and granted, yes, they pay they paid Trout. They you know they paid Rendon to come there. They paid Otani. They paid you know they Otani to, pay to get him. Yeah. Yes. So and 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 getting Joe Madden there. But then you hear the stories of the minor league system where guys are sleeping in their cars and don't have enough money for meals and the accommodations are terrible from an organization standpoint. Does that point to some of the things that, like, this is maybe why they can't get over the top? Because it, it from a whole organization standpoint, you have to be top-notch, don't you? No, I agree. And and they have the resources. You know what I mean, Rodney? It's not, yeah. They're not a, they're not a, um, a mid-level or a, a small market team. I mean, I know they're in Anaheim, based, you know, not far from Los Angeles. Uh, uh, so they have money. They they because they've they've proven they've had money. They've gone out and spent money. Trout has the, the richest contract ever, right? Yes. Okay. It, it, it doesn't belong to the Dodgers or the Yankees. That's the Angels. 
So there is money to be spent, and they need to figure out before Trout gets too long in the tooth, before Otani is like, hey, Shohei me the money Otani and is ready to go somewhere else. You know, like they need yeah. to get this together because their lineup is formidable. Yes. It is very formidable and, and worth watching. But you cannot win in baseball without pitching. I just don't – I don't care. They, they, it feels like they've never really put the emphasis on that. And you got to go – I mean, let me ask you, is Otani worth more to you as a pitcher? Or how about this, Rodney? Am I, am I crazy? Am I off the wall? Make Otani, you know, a hitter, but make him a closer so that he can kind of focus in on hitting? Or, do you, or should you take the hitting away – and make him just a starter, like a number one or number two starter, because that's what no, they need more. No, I, and first of all, uh, he, what he's doing is incredible. It doesn't last. It is. It, it doesn't last, though. He can't do what he's doing multiple years. It's, that's not going to last. I, I I want him to play every day if I'm, if I'm the Angels. I want him in the lineup every day as a hitter, and then occasionally, like you said, move him to a, say, a closer role or right. late-in-the-game role. Um, if you want him to pitch from time to time. But I want that kid in the lineup every single day if I can have him in the lineup. Um, on the other side is, Rob, what, what do you think about them embracing? You know, there's they changed the name from Anaheim to L.A. Angels, them chasing L.A. I get it from a marketing standpoint. But shouldn't they embrace, should they embrace being in Orange County and just be that team down there? No, you know what? I thought that they had a nice little niche and they were doing their own thing. But I think that they understand, like, just like the Chargers, uh, you know, like having the name Los Angeles attached to you is going to bring you more. Do you know what I mean? Enhance your value. That's why you do something like they did uh, where they used to be the California Angels when I was a kid. Um, Having Los Angeles attached to your name is, is a good thing. And I think that's why they've embraced it because they, they know there's there's money attached to having Los Angeles. Yeah, and going back to the Dodgers, and, and I wanted to ask Ned before I got how much pressure you think it is on the Dodgers now to to win it again with with what they've added to this team? I think they're, they got to be considered the favorite, and if they don't win, it's a failure. Like Like, it's not like, oh, this is a nice try. Let's just see what happens. They expect to win. I mean, they do. You go add, especially a starter like Max Scherz at the top of your rotation. I I don't know how you don't expect to win. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. It, it just got to stay healthy, and you know, we like you said earlier. You know, we we've been saying, okay, they're going to turn it around. They're going to turn it around. It's only May. It's only June. It's only we're not even at the All Star break now. We're in October. Now we're in August. Right. And so you now you you definitely got to have that push. You got to have your guys playing again, and hopefully, you know, Mookie getting the two home runs the other night. Hopefully, he's back on track. Um, Boy, Corey can he Seager. play second base too? Yeah, can he, can. He? He, can. he can. He came up as a Rob, second base. Rob, you know it ain't play. that easy. I know, I know, man. Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's a tremendous, tremendous athlete. In baseball you played player. third, right? I did. I came up playing shortstop. Ended up playing third in college. But uh, yeah, yeah. He's a he's a tremendous talent. Um, all right, let's 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 switch a little gears, Rob, because I, I want to ask you this and get your take on this because I know this is pass. You're passionate about this one too. We were talking about the Rams, and we put it out to Rams fans. Um, now, have the Rams done everything they need to do to bring a Super Bowl? Are they giving the fans what they want 
by adding some players, getting the quarterback that they wanted, that the coach wanted. Now is it Super Bowl or bust in your mind? Anything less than the Super Bowl is a failure by the Rams, plain and simple. You can't go and make a big stink. You went to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff. If you're going to say that he was no good and he was the reason why things haven't worked out here, okay, you got rid of him. And you got the, the young Wonderlink coach and all that, and he's a genius, offensive genius. Rodney, you can't. How long is that going to last, right? Matt, Matt Stafford isn't here for 10 years. He's already been in the league for 12 years. You know what I mean? So, so the window's closing. If the Rams don't make it to the Super Bowl with the defense that they have, they had the number one defense last year, right, in the NFL. Yeah. If they don't win now, you got to start looking at the coach and looking at the pieces that they put together. And maybe if Stafford doesn't have the year that they've, they've talked him up, man, they've talked him up really big like he's the messiah. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was saying. How much pressure is on him? You Big know, coming, time. Coming Am I right, Detroit, Rodney? Because on his side, he's saying I was limited because I was in Detroit. Right. Okay. Well, I, one of his one of his hall of one, hall of fame wide receivers going into the hall this weekend, right? Yeah. Okay. Let's not act like you didn't have anybody. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I'm talking about overall, you know, organization. Right. You know, we score points, we lose. You know, we couldn't stop anybody. I mean, a lot of things attribute to a wins and losses. But now he can't say that. So from a personal standpoint for him, it's like, okay, everybody still considers you a, a top-notch quarterback. And now and you got a pass because you were in Detroit, but now you're in L.A. So that being said, how much pressure is on him? A lot of pressure because there, there are no more excuses. What, what possibly could he say if they don't win or he doesn't perform or he throws two picks or you know what I mean or whatever it is? can't use that he has received what doesn't he have he has everything that you would want first of all you don't have to score a million points because you got a defense right so Rodney some of that is off you you don't have to score 35 to win with that defense yeah and that's that's a huge deal and that's people you know people and I look I, I live that life where you, you know score. it well you know you gotta right. score you know you're always playing from behind or you know you score 35 40 points and lose games and it falls on who? It falls on the head coach, falls on the quarterback. Now, you mentioned Sean McVay and the head coach. So you think that he's this year on a hot seat? I, I just think that if this is a flop, if this is a flop, you have to start to wonder. This guy has talked up Stafford big time. Uh, things didn't work out last year. They blamed, They put everything on Jared Goff, basically, that he's the weak link. He's the reason we didn't win. So now they don't have him as a scapegoat. That's what – what what do you do this year if Stafford plays and they don't do well and they don't make it to the Super Bowl? You know, like, the goal is to be in the Super Bowl. They've already been to the Super Bowl once. So it ain't about Matthew so Stafford making the playoffs. So championship game doesn't matter? Nah. Losing they, to Tampa and nah. Green Bay in the championship game doesn't No, because that's, do, not do what you, that's not what you went to do. I mean, you've already – you went to the Super Bowl, right? I'm I'm just – I think I, the Rams – What do you think, think about that way it went down, though, with Jared Goff and them kind of – because it was – little passive-aggressive, little subtle, but not so subtle of them throwing him under the bus. A yeah, bit. I, I, I thought it was bad. I mean, I, I think, and I'm not saying he's the greatest quarterback who ever threw a football, Rodney, but my God, like really the guy went to the Pro Bowl twice. They had one of the greatest offenses in the history of the NFL. Go look at the numbers, right? 
He was a quarterback on that team. And all of a sudden, he was no good anymore, which is fine. People change their minds on quarterbacks and coaches all the time. I didn't think Jared Goff could play at all when Jeff Fisher was coach. You saw yeah, him, right? Not many I could, people I, did, yeah. Rodney, I, yeah. Thought he, I thought he was a bust. Yeah. Seriously. I, I didn't think he could play. So now that he's not here anymore, it's all about McVay, Stafford, who's never won a playoff game, you know, and all that. You have all that riding. You know, he's 0-3, 12 years in the league, never won a division. There's all these things that Stafford also has to shake. Yeah. On the flip side of that, what about the Chargers? And they've got their second-year quarterback and Justin Herbert coming back. You know, it's going to be a different animal as a rookie. You can kind of get away with some things. People don't know you that well. He shocked some people last year. Now coming back for the second year, they've had a whole offseason kind of game plan for him a little bit. How do you think the Chargers? Because on paper, even for the last few years, they've been a really good team, just been bitten like nobody else with the injury bug. How do you see them shaping out this year? Yeah, same thing. And how many close games did they lose, Rodney, over the last yeah. couple of years, right? But, but you know, in the NFL, most games are decided by – Six points or less. So you can't always use that close score thing as, as a really gauge, right? Because most games are decided by, by that, um, by less than a touchdown. Um, and you're right. I think the second year for a quarterback, they got all the tape. They know all your tendencies, Rodney. You played. Your second year, they give you different looks. They come with some different stuff. They know what your tendencies are. You have to make an adjustment. More of that coming. My man Rob Parker in for Fred Rogan today on this Friday. Anything goes. Stay tuned. AM 570 LA Sports. If you missed any of Rogan and Rodney, you can podcast it on the iHeartRadio app. Rogan and Rodney. AM 570 LA Sports. Oh, yes. I'm trying to put you in the worst oh, I'm ready. Let it go. Let it go, Rodney. cleaner than your church shoes. point to just to hurt you. I like it, Ronnie. I like it. Rodney Pete, Rob Parker on a Friday. Hey, Rob, sticking with the NFL, man. I, I, I want to uh, I want to get your thoughts on, on this. Um, because it was an ugly situation right before training camp start. Aaron Rodgers, and he finally ended up in training camp. They worked out a deal that he plays one year. They get to wait and see and decide on what they're going to do. Um, now, I've heard you talk about this, and you're a proponent of uh, management or coaches don't really owe players any conversation when it comes to drafting or which coach they're going to hire. You still believe that they don't owe their star players any kind of conversation or no? Not saying I, I don't want to say like any. Like I could ask you if if you played with a guy Rodney or you know somebody say he's from your hometown or you have some sort of knowledge about the guy. I could ask you, hey, what do you think about Kevin Figures? Do you think he's, you know, good? Or, you know, what do you know about his background? Whatever, whatever, yes. But my point is, like, this whole notion that these players know more than scouts and all the other stuff going on, here's the problem I have. If, Rodney, if I bring you in and I ask you for your input on a number of players, right, we're looking at, and we don't bring any of those guys in. Now have I angered you? Why are you wasting my time? 
I told you you should get that defensive lineman, but you passed Wait, go on. Go back. Say that again. If you okay. if you ask me, yeah, I, I'm bringing you in on these right. personnel decisions. Okay, but but we don't we don't use your suggestions. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So so you're in on it. Are you now mad that we're not using you? You know. Uh, going along with your suggestions is what I'm saying. Like you're in a catch-22. Then you're going to say, oh, this is just a token thing. They're not even listening to me. I've, I've recommended four players. They haven't brought in any of those here's, guys. Here's the thing where it's where I think that it's it makes a difference. If if you're asking me, look, um, we've got five, five receivers on a roster, right? And, and, and so you're asking me, we've got our number one. Now you're asking me, we need to get a number two receiver. We need to get that second guy to complement our number one guy. Right. And, and you're asking me, what do you think on a handful of these guys? And I give you my recommendations of three guys, and you don't pick one of those three guys. Yeah, I'm going to be a little upset. Now, if we're talking uh, the fifth receiver, he's going to make the roster. We just need to, you know, we need to add a guy just in case. And you don't pick the guys that I recommend, and I don't have as much a problem with it. But if it's going to be certain guys that I think that you know that is going to be very influential and and, and really and, and play a big role in our success, and I give you my recommendations based on what I feel as the quarterback of the team, and and you don't you don't pick one of those guys, yeah, I'm gonna feel a certain way. Okay, how about this? We we get your guy. He's a bust. Is that on you or uh, as the general manager, that's going to be on me? That's on me. Okay, but but I'm yeah. going to be the one ultimately, am I right, who's going to lose the job because I gave this 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 wide receiver a big contract because Rodney Pete said he should be the number two guy and he came to L.A. and was a bust. I, I'm just – it's a tricky thing, and I get where players want some, you know, conversation – but my job and my behind is ultimately going to be on the line when players don't play. They can't do anything to you, Rodney. You're the star quarterback. You got a ten-year contract. You're you're getting paid. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, but if you're if you're what I, I guess what I'm saying is it shouldn't be that tumultuous. It shouldn't be that us against them. It should be a work together. No, progress. I get it. And 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 in and in Green Bay situation, it felt like it wasn't that at all. I'm. I'm you not know, saying that Green Bay was perfect in what they did. It, now, not it, a, not at any stretch of the imagination. If you're going to work closely with someone, you may have a history with someone. If I'm the guy, now I'm, we're not talking about your, uh, you know, a, just a rookie or a free agent quarterback that comes in and you don't have the 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 history with having success with the team. Then that's a different story. Well, Kyler Murray wants to, wants know? to be in on the meeting. Kyler Murray, can they make yeah. the playoffs first? <laughs> no, I'm just asking. Yeah, but he should be. He should be on on certain decisions. Yes, not that he's making decisions, but they should ask him. Okay, we're put it this way: if they're going to bring in an offensive coordinator, shouldn't they run it by like, okay, we're going to bring in. We're thinking about these one or two, three guys. Are you comfortable with any one of these guys? Or better yet, are you uncomfortable with any one of these three guys? If there's a guy that he had history with, that oh oh hell, I cannot work with. Shouldn't you find that out before you go hire somebody without I, talking to guy? I, I hear that part, but what if we get your guy and he's no and it doesn't work out? Is what I'm just trying to say. Like 
Like where where's the onus? The onus will not be well, on the it's player. Well, it's got to be it's got to be both, right? It it can't be just all or one. You can't pout if you're a player. They they you made a suggestion, they went the other way. Uh or you made the suggestion along with them. Obviously the guys in the running so you thought something of it. So there was some agreement that this guy should even have an opportunity. So it can't be all or another. Oh, you picked him. Oh no, you picked him. So it's all on you. It's got to be some sort of mutual thing that goes forward. Now if it's, you know, gets animated where no, I don't like this guy at all. You got to get my guy. Then, then it goes to oh yeah, it's on you. But it should yeah. be some mutual conversations I, with guys. I, I think there should be a conversation, but I don't, I just don't think you can run everything by a player or two. I just I just think you're you're setting yourself up that if it doesn't work out or you don't pick the guy that he wants, Damian Lillard put out a tweet. Oh, Jason Kidd for the head coaching job. Remember that. I mean, yeah. first, that's just a bad that, – that's not where you really want to be, right? Because, first of all, Jason Kidd didn't really want to go there, and then they, I don't think they really wanted to hire him, so it was kind of, like, awkward. But Chauncey Billups got the job. You don't think Chauncey remembers that? You know what I mean? I, I think that's where those things can be awkward. Yeah, when you do it publicly like that, absolutely awkward. But I'm just saying behind the scenes, if I'm – especially if I'm a veteran guy in the league that's got some history – now I, 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 it's a little iffy with. Now Kyler. wait a minute, it's I iffy think... with Kyler Murray a little bit. I, I, I will give you that. Okay, but, but when you're talking about a veteran guy who's seen a lot of players and coaches go, and you watch a guy on tape, like I can see, I can watch a receiver, I can watch a quarterback. I say he's got something, right? You know, I, I can see. Okay, I, he can fit with me. I, I can throw to that guy. But you're not talking about a defensive lineman. No, That's not, no, right? No, you're not, no. You're not I'm not saying, oh, go get that. this defensive end because right. I like him or he did this to me. No, I, I'm not commenting on that. Not, or, or, uh, or you know, uh, the defensive back coach. I'm talking. But if you if you're talking about a quarterback coach that's going to be in the room with me, then I'm going to have to basically live with right for six months. Then it can't be somebody that I have friction with or I have history that's bad. So now, just let me know who's in the running. Right, but but my CWPFs in Detroit, close, <laughs> warm, personal friends, CWPFs, they told me Where that uh, with the Lions the Lions once called you into a room and asked, <laughs> you, about, and asked you about a running back and whether or not he should be signed to a long-term contract. And you did not endorse Barry Sanders. You said that guy number 20. Nah, I wouldn't sign him.